Hi, my name is David Caldwell. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Dave Doesn't Know. Be sure to check out the show live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash caldwellington. We'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dave Doesn't Know. This is uh, episode number three, and we are here with uh, We Rate Dice. What is going on? Yeah, so I'm Kyla or Kai. I am We Rate Dice, and I'm still trying to jerry-rig this because, you know, disaster is what I do best. I run uh, Instagram, which is dedicated to dice, D&D, and all things nerdy, and sharing how wonderful these creators are and, like, showing people that art and dice are one and the same. And it's hard, like, and I just, I like to share people because they're so wonderful. So it's mostly me excited babbling about everything. <laughs> everything nerdy. <laughs> No, it's awesome. The, uh, it's so cool too because like, um, like you know, because you're big into D and D. I'm big into D and D, and it's funny. We all use dice, but it's kind of like, it's really interesting. I love how you grabbed on them. I know I talked to you once, and you were saying how it's really much like an art form. Uh, it is. And it really is. The more you think about it, I think a lot of people when they get into dice, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just dice. Just grab a set of dice, you know. But when you mm-hmm. actually look at them, there. I mean, some of them. I got my, I got my turtle dice here. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and they're so adorable. Um, so cute. Oh yeah, I love these things. Um, but it's just so cool because yeah, it's actually uh, like very much like an art form, and I think that goes unnoticed a lot of times. You know, I mean, there's some people like, oh, that's a cool set of dice, but they don't appreciate it. You know, it's like pottery. Like it is usable artwork you have in your hands someone's labor of love who they spent hours making it and sanding it and making it perfect and sending it to you like it is functional art and it's so good (laughs) (laughs) no 100 100 um yeah it's so good i know i personally love uh your instagram is gonna be on a timer so it should be popping up in just a second so you guys make sure you go follow her on instagram because her pictures are amazing just so many dice with a little review that goes with them and they're always so creative too i love them um let me try and grab this if i can um i don't know where i put it there it is uh anyway no so uh so you how long have you actually been doing what you do on instagram like as far as like rating dice and everything? Uh, september of 2019 i started rating dice um again i actually created the account so i could indulge in my hyper sensation of dice without like spamming my friends all the time so i made it and i'm like oh i'll just post silly stories about my dice too and then all of a sudden i had 100 followers then 500 and now i'm sitting at like 220 50 and i'm just like why are all you following me when i'm literally (laughs) just babbling about it so it's been a very short tailspin spiral into madness and dice uh, (laughs) obsession (laughs) to put it lightly that's awesome so september of last year so not even a full year that's crazy (laughs) oh that's awesome but no i can totally see why people are doing that's why i check out all your stories and all your posts because they're really cool uh i love them now um something that i actually i was kind of wondering about the dice do you actually have all of these dice that you're rating or are you taking pictures like i actually i would say about 95 percent of dice that are featured on my page like i've written full post about i own 
or someone has sent them to me. So like if you have that's pictures what, of your guys and you just send me a picture, I'll rate them and post them up so you can show them. But the majority of them are actually mine. And then if they're on my story, it's artists that I think are wonderful and I'll feature them, which maybe one day I'd love to have their dice. But obviously <laughs> I would be a very broke woman <laughs> if I bought every dice that I fell in love with. I was going to say just even not even just the money aspect, but the storage aspect of even though they're small, there's a there's a lot of dice out there. Yeah, yeah uh, um, this is my non handmade dice bag. I don't know if you can. <laughs> this is all my, my these are no, that's not like a handmade newborn. dice. Yeah, this not is not handmade. Yeah, these are like Kickstarter dice I backed or dice I oh. bought at game stores or like dice that weren't individually hand poured by someone. I just have more of those. And then my handmade dice collection is growing, but obviously not to that extent. And I've been told that I should not organize my dice like that, which is fine. But they just all like to hang out together. So <laughs> I, I was thinking it's I well okay like with D tens those are the ones that match. I have to roll the same set. So like with my oh, dwarven dice, it's gotta yeah. be two turns. You know, it's because I'm crazy though. Uh. <laughs> I I feel that I definitely feel that if I'm playing a character, they have like one palette set, which is like if I'm a dungeon master. I do all of the dice because you need all the different NPCs and all the different enemies. Right. But if it's like, if it's an actual character, I'll like pre-session, like pick out different colors that I think they'd like. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that, yeah, that makes, uh, that makes total sense. And Klee with the raid. Thank you so much. What's Hi, up Klee. everybody? Thank you. Yo, Vod Squad. Um, that, that's fantastic. No, uh, I, I totally understand what you're talking about too with the dice. Um, now, so you've been doing this for only about a year. That's crazy. Do you actually make any of your own? I'm trying. Okay. I am failing, but I am trying. <laughs> um, one thing I, I learned is failure is not a bad thing. That is yes. one common misconception I recently just learned. Failure is not bad. <laughs> yeah, failure is not bad. I'm I'm trying. I haven't made anything. Um, I've perfecting my resin. Like it's part A and part B. And the last time I tried to make, I did not do it right. And when I pulled them out of the mold, it literally just went, <laughs> so it did not hold shape. It was not anything good or anything at all. So it's like, I attempted, it's not there yet. Uh, it's a lot of finishing dice right now <laughs> versus actually making because I need to buy more resin <laughs> and a respirator. I need a respirator. Oh, geez. How have you been doing it so far? <gasps> a bandana. <laughs> Oh, Joe. Not a good idea. Do what not are you be doing? like me. <laughs> Spread positivity, but be a good human being and don't accidentally poison yourself. Uh, a little bit of a side note. Uh, when I used to work construction, we had these guys that would like finish drywall and it'd be like this very fine, like moon powder stuff. Ooh. And they would wear like respirators. But the mm -hmm. older dudes, the older redneck dudes, they would like poke a hole in the respirator so they could fit a cigarette in there. Uh, and they would keep cutting <laughs> of the course, why not? I was like, I'm like, like, come on over. I'm like, no, I'm not getting anywhere near you, man. <laughs> like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh my god. No. So that's awesome. So you tried doing your own. Like that was. Um, I think I did see. Uh, I remember I was. We were talking with Michael from uh, Loot Tables. Uh, we were talking to him, and he went over. Uh, a lot of that was one of the early episodes of Scatter Thoughts, and he actually showed us uh, a little bit of the process, and it was just kind of like. I didn't know you could do it, really. I just figured it came from a factory, you know, and they just, like, mass-produced all these things. Um, but it's so cool. Is it something that's, like, terribly challenging to try and get into, or is it just something that needs, like, a halfway bit of patience? Uh, it's a bit of patience, and you have to be willing to invest 
costs a little bit. Like it is definitely okay. a hobby that is going to be expensive. Resin is not cheap. Um, you're going to need gloves and you can buy molds from people, but if you want to make your own molds, you're going to have to buy silicone as well and resin. Okay. So it's definitely a hobby which you need to put a little bit of money down before you can be like, yes, I'm good to go. But once you're doing it, it's so rewarding seeing it like right there in front of you. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. I just got your message. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so is there any problem with like not balancing? Like, I, I feel like if I were to do it on my own, they would all be tilting to one side. <laughs> that's actually... Um, uh, that's a heated discussion. Like, oh, people are always really? like, are your dice balanced? And the honest answer is no. We cannot turn out perfect dice every single time, especially yeah. if you add inclusions. So it'll still roll randomly, but it may lean, like, one side or another. It's enough so that you shouldn't notice it, but ultimately it's not going to be balanced because it's, it's not perfect. Right, so. yeah. I mean, and that makes sense. And just, I mean... That bring up what's guaranteeing that something that's mass produced would be balanced mm -hmm. either, you know? Um, yeah, that's crazy. That was one thing I always thought of. I was like, because then you got to sand the dice down, right? And then I'm like, I'm going to sand one side too much. And then it's going to come down. It's not going to be even. And I don't have a lot of patience, though. So that's why I'm like, Ugh. I think that would just uh, kill me. Yeah, there's definitely like, there's been people who like buy from the dice community and it's always, are your dice balanced? And they all answer honestly is always no. And like, okay, then discount. It's like, no, someone's been a long then time discount, making get out of here. it. No, Karen. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, some people do not recognize how much like work goes into this. And that's why you oh, see yeah. dice that are so expensive versus your more cheaply made mass produced dice. Like, I'm going to be honest. Dice sets probably go for about $45 on the cheaper side. And especially if they have wow. more name recognition, they're going to be go upwards and upwards from there. Like if you see a baby, like a real baby or unfinished dice, you're looking at 15 to 35, but you're going to be oh, paying wow, okay. for quality and time. Yeah. So that's it's something I've always heard is like, oh, the sets you share are so expensive. I'm like, it's not that they're expensive. It's that they're beautiful works of art. So you're going right. to have to pay for that. Well, that's the thing. It's not, you're just not paying for the dice. You're paying for the pretty dice. You're paying for the nice mm -hmm. ones, you know? I mean, yeah, no, that's crazy. I can, that's why I think I, the more, the uh, steampunk ones I have, I think those are about like 35. I got them on the, the ones I was originally looking at were, uh, they were like $300. Um, and I was like, ah, I just don't want to, yeah, I was like, I don't want to swing that right now. And I found some cheap knockoffs. I'm like, woo. Hey, if they're on balance, they always land on 20. So I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really be mad at that one. Like, <laughs> if you're a true player, you'll be like, but no one can get mad at a 20, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm the DM, too, so I really don't. It's, like, it's a 20. <laughs> no one knows that you actually roll. Well, that's what I guess it up. doesn't really matter. Like, what is it? It's a 20? Yeah, pff, three. Like, it don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> you fudge the rolls to save them a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, generally it was for saving them. <laughs> generally it wasn't anything to do anything malicious. Uh, generally it was uh, to uh, to save them if I could. Um, yeah. So how many sets of dice now? I, I want to say last time we spoke, uh, like oh, on the other show, I think you were at 75. Does that sound anywhere near right? Uh, yeah, I think uh, it I might totally be wrong. 75. I might have to look at my journal. I haven't counted in a while because... Well, I have received new dice, but I haven't, like, it's, it's, it's a process, like, actually, like, sitting down and counting the dice, but if I would oh, hazard God, a yeah. guess, I'm probably about sets that I own in person, sets that are coming through Kickstarters, sets that I've, that are coming through artists, like, I've commissioned, like, I've won a couple sets of dice before that I just haven't got to me yet, 
I'm probably sitting closer to 80 now. Okay. <laughs> expanding. And to be fair, I'm actually in a dice timeout, so I would have more if I had been trying to, like, cut down my Kickstarter spending. Like, I haven't really backed <laughs> any Kickstarters for the last two or three months, but I want really? to because there's so many sets. I know, I'm, I'm right? trying to be a good adult and not just indulge. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 75 sets or more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do Dude, we're all playing D and D at Kai's house. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let you guys borrow them. Just give them back. <laughs> that, that, no, that, that that's cool though. That's like a cool because that's like that's one thing D and D maybe isn't necessarily missing. If we could gloss over D and D Fourth Edition, uh, there's nothing really like as far as like tabletop pieces or anything. I mean, there's like miniatures and stuff, but even that's not necessary. It's not like Warhammer where mm. you need those. Uh, so it's just really cool. That's like one physical thing of D and D that you need that you can you know. That you actually get to uh, collect. That's just that's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a you. There's strange people that I love. Like my best friend who got me into Dungeons and Dragons. He is very he likes stone and metal sets, and that's it. And I think he has like seven sets total. I'm just like. <laughs> it's like talking to a child. <laughs> Only yeah, three like, sets. I am seven. He has super high quality dice, but I could not. Just seven sets? Like, you need ten sets at least, especially as a dungeon master, because then you have fall damage. (laughs) (laughs) That is one thing that was, uh, when I first started, I realized as a DM, I'd have to roll a D8 like five times or whatever, and then you're trying to do the math. Mm -hmm. Especially when you do something like streaming, it's it's a nightmare. It's like, no, there's no time for that. Roll them all at once. I'm actually, I already told you privately, this is probably going to be kind of a all-over kind of conversation. Yeah, because <laughs> I get sidetracked really easily. Um, one th- one tip I heard for DMs, which I want to get some advice on in a minute. Uh, one tip I heard was you roll your attack roll and your uh, damage dice at the same time. Yeah. And then that just, like, saves so much time. I know I was doing that with a couple fighters I had who had two attacks. It's like, just roll both attacks at once, and we'll see if they both hit or they don't. There's no need to roll an attack, then roll damage. Okay, it hits, and then roll the second attack. It's like, that just seems to take so much time. Yeah, um, I definitely yeah. roll the both like if you have multiple attacks, like roll however many attacks at the same time, and then just like first attack, second attack, third attack, and then however many I already have like the dice set aside in like little spots, and then I'll roll those. Mostly because I don't trust myself to be good at math, so I do need to actually see the numbers rolling. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. absolutely fair. There's there's been a few times kind of not making up hit points, but when the battle's been going on for a minute. And I know the thing's almost dead. I'm like, that's a lot. And I just kind of like, I'm like, ah, 12. Call you know? good. Yeah, it's like, they're going to kill it anyway, I'm sure. Uh, or if someone has like a really like cool, like, this is what I want to do. And it rolls and it hits really well. And you're like, there's still like 10 hit points left. But that was so fucking cool. I just want to give you this. So you're just like, okay, those 10 hit points oh, did yeah. exist. You don't see the stat blocks. Yeah, exactly. Or you got a player who's like really into it and they're like, man, I really yeah. want to kill this thing. And then someone who's like, eh, I really don't care. And they get the killing blow. I'm like, Oh, he's almost just barely dead. They're like barely alive. You know, I'm like, he's on one knee. Yeah, exactly. He's, crippled. he's still crawling <laughs> forward, angry at you. The exactly. next blow is going to do it. He is so freaking close. You guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like guy. And it's like, you did it. You know, uh, like, how do you want to do this? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that, that's like the number one thing I've had trouble with. I've like obviously been dying my whole life to say that phrase, uh, but I don't want to totally copy. So I'm trying to think of something else to do instead of that. Um, <laughs> instead of just, yeah, saying copying Matt Mercer. Um, 
And my friggin' saying for the show here was going to be, is it Thursday yet? I thought that'd be kind of funny, but <laughs> probably copyright infringement, so. Yeah, I think they might have some merch about, is it Thursday yet? P probably, yeah, they, they might, they might you not take You could do the it. old uh, school plagiarism, like, can it be Thursday yet? Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> oh my, I love seeing that in video games. What was I playing? It was Daisy or something like that, and they had instead of Pepsi, it was Pepsi or something like that, and they just keep changing little one little symbol. Lovely. It's like like one letter. It's like oh come on man, really. Um, that's awesome. So since we're gonna bounce around anyway, um, so I am starting a new D and D campaign on the Scatter Rollers channel in about a month or so, and I happen to know you are a DM, and uh, yeah, so I'm doing uh, so yeah. I, maybe just pick your brain a little bit as far as like um what i'm going to be doing is a lot of uh homebrew like the entire world's going to be homebrewed Yay. um have you done your own homebrew world before yes actually it's okay. funny one of my players just popped into chat they're like favorite coupe de grasse but to be honest no, i don't know what that means but <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not that smart. i know that's a killing yeah. killing blow in pathfinder king maybe. Oh, that's, yeah coupe de grasse maybe yeah. uh my I was a dumbass. I never played D&D &D before I decided to be a dungeon master. Me too. So I literally is like, I didn't, I didn't buy a book or anything. I'm just like, I'm going to make little world. And then all of a sudden here I am two years later with these same guys. And I'm just like, out of this world. Like, so yeah, I, my entire world and pantheon and lore is all homebrew. And I pull from a lot of stuff. Like it's not okay. plagiarism. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. You just change a couple letters. Like we said, you'll be good to go. No one can blame you. Um, th that was one thing I wasn't expecting. Uh, Kayla, uh, from, uh, the Scattered Thought Show on the Scattered Rollers channel, uh, she's putting me through DM boot camp. And we had a two hour meeting yesterday and we're going to have another two hour meeting coming up soon. Um, and one thing she had me do was the creation of the world, which I was like, what? I was like, I don't need to know that. Do I? Is, is that something you did? Or like you said, Pantheon. And if yeah, you saw last week's I, episode, I hate ancient history. So I'm like, I don't care about the gods. I really don't. But she's like, you have to make that up. Is it, So that's something you've done then? Yes, I did. Um, so in my world, I took a lot of inspiration from typical Greek mythology. So okay. there is like a Pantheon of eight sibling immortals. They can be killed. They are not. And then before them were these giants. One is from my my last session, my players finally met him. He's an ancient gold dragon. He is 20 stories tall. His name is Lars. He just like rocks. Like, so he was just kind of floating around in space. And then the immortal came. Its name is Ubatstet. He's a sky cat. It, like literally space is his body. His The two moons are his eyes. And he Whoa. created the mortal realm. And from the mortal realm, which is like the world, his twin brother sister they're general neutral a giant wolf sprang out from the ground kind of pulling out from norse mythology his name is net and as it walked across the earth its massive foot crushed into the ground and from those like footprints grew caves and cracks and from there grew the drow and the tieflings so those are the holy races if like you are the original races and then other immortals came into play and they created their own races. Like, I'm going to take this and, like, move it and make it into my own. Like, Sapiens is one of my other immortals. And she was, uh, she is the immortal of knowledge. And she still exists in this mortal realm. Okay. And she's like, I want to make high elf. So anyone who sat and listened to her kind of absorbed who she was. And she became a high elf. And just kind of spiraled down from there. Of not necessarily one-upping each other. But, like, spreading right. their influences. 
until the mortal realm was created and all was kind of good but siblings fight right a a millennium before this campaign starts the head god ubat said he's like fuck it we're done and closed the realms off they are no longer in control except now where the players are at they're gaining immortal influence and they're like spreading cracks into the world so they're starting to like leak through and the whole campaign is oh i can't tell them because one's in here but it's like trying to deal with these immortal influences of these ancient and powerful deities who are slowly kind of creeping at back into this world and then my next campaign is like fallout based so i like to borrow from everything nice see now okay okay i definitely want to ask you about that but that that's crazy that yeah see that like kayla had a similar one that she uses for her uh uh campaign she's running and it just blew me away like the creativity i love it and that's just not something where i can come up with some good stories and stuff like that and some characters but when it comes to something like that i man like i don't know uh props to you because that sounds uh wicked that sounds like really really cool it's been really fun and then i guess my first dm tip i could give you is don't expect shit like get a like a very brief sort of layout of plot points you want to hit and then see how your characters adjust to the world and then build from there because if you stick them on this track no one's gonna have fun and you're gonna get frustrated because they're feeling frustrated and just like build it with them like start with i did five towns and then i just built outwards from there as they kept going forward okay nice that's it's a lot more improv than i would like but it it does help and it's way more fun (laughs) oh yeah no it was kind of funny i i didn't since uh i the only time i've ever dm'd was for my little brothers my younger brothers uh when they got into dnd yeah they were what 12 11 and 10 when we introduced dnd to them yeah so we got to dm with them it was all stupid magical pair of socks that a vampire's guarding you know just like just that's weird little boy stuff that they thought was just the funniest coolest stuff you know so uh but they i mean and it's so crazy you you list a spell they will tell you who can cast it what the components are like they have memorized those books forward and backwards it's crazy um but it was funny because um like so i that was the only time i really dm'd first off then i started with the scattered rollers which was kind of like my first big time dming for like you know adults Mm uh and uh one thing i realized is i wouldn't plan far enough ahead i didn't take enough time to like prepare a whole campaign i was only doing like five or six episodes ahead um and well and then it slowly caught up to me and then it was like when we were done one episode i had to write the whole next episode and i realized Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily the way to do it because then i wasn't sure where the story was going i didn't have any overarching plots uh so i realized i had a bunch of holes in my game uh but to what you were saying about the improv i did notice a couple times where i was caught totally off guard that was some of the best campaigns is just kind of making up on the fly. And I found when I prepared too much, it was like the fun wasn't necessarily there. You know, it was a little too railroaded. Um, So the, yeah, the improv of it, I absolutely love. Um, Uh, It's great. It's the improv. It allows so much. I can't, like, it's stressful as all hell if you're the DM, but it really, it does pay off because all of my favorite episodes, like, are not episodes but our sessions have been ones that have been more or less improv where i had a general idea of how i wanted to get there but not a solid concrete plan okay right yeah and and that's what sucks i like have some ideas about my world but i can't 
really share them to you for various reasons. I know I got a couple people. We're trying to get a team together for the next campaign. I got to keep some stuff quiet, which kills me. Uh, it's so hard. I know. I'm it's little... the hardest. Well, especially because you know Kayla. She was like mm -hmm. helping me come up with this, and I'm feeding off her energy, and she's pumped, and I start getting pumped, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting so excited. Like, And I, I told her I've not been this excited for D&D probably since I discovered it back two and a half years ago. Like this, I'm mm -hmm. like with a whole brand new world because the last one was kind of set in Faerun, um, because mm -hmm. I grew up playing like Neverwinter Nights too, and I you just I've always loved the city of Neverwinter, so I was like, dude, we're gonna go there in this campaign. So um, just having all homebrew is just a lot more room for creativity, um, and yeah, I got a couple good uh, campaign ideas. Uh, I did actually end up doing like an art stream last night. I did uh, some map making, um, and I was making the uh, continent and then the whole world map on the incarnate map uh, or the, the incarnate website. Have you heard of that one? And that's where I use my maps. That's Is where it? I make my maps on. It's I wonderful. I love, love it. it. It's so good. Oh, I had chill music. It was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I was starting to get a little bit tired. And so we we're just like sitting there just chilling and I'm just making maps. And oh, I have not had, uh, I had not had that much fun in such a long time, just making maps and everything. Um, do you guys use any, out of curiosity, when you run your games, do you use software or anything? Or do you guys use theater of the mind? Uh, it is theater of the mind, and then uh, something I've always wanted to try is um, Roll20. It sounds super fun, but I'll, like, draw maps on grid paper, and I'll show them and update them, but it's not – I'd love to try Roll20. It's not something I've personally done, but it just – it helps. If you have any visual cue, it's so helpful. It, it I wish really I had is, software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I'm going to try and get for the second campaign. I think it would be really cool to have something where we can kind of focus. Um I was, uh, one time, there's a good picture somewhere on the Scatterbrothers Discord of me and a piece of paper, and I drew a couple rocks on it, and then I had a screw, some chapstick, my ring. I had, like, a bunch of different stuff on this as battle map, and I, like, had to say John was the screw, you know, Dexy was the chapstick, and we just had to go off that, and I just aimed my camera down to it, which was uh, super fun, but, uh, you know... I want it for this next one. We're going to get something a little more professional, just a little bit more, you know, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I want to see if we can possibly change that up a little bit. That'd be cool. Yeah. Now, have you ever played any other tabletops out of curiosity? Um, I got to play two sessions of Call of Cthulhu, but the group just couldn't meet. So it's like, it's so intriguing and I want to know so much more. I've always wanted to try Monster of the Week too. Sorry to talk over you. You're fine. I don't care. I grew up with six kids in the family. You're good. Um, <laughs> survival of the fittest. Uh, the monster of the week. Is that a thing on Instagram that I keep seeing? Um, or so no, is that you, an actual game? It is an actual game. So if you listen to the adventure zone by the McElroy brothers, their second campaign was with the monster of the week, which is basically like you are gearing up to face a mo monster. It's like Buffy, the vampire slayers of a series. And what you do is you roll two D6s, and it's like 12 through 10 is a super win, and then like a mixed success, and then a failure if it's like negative five or less, it's a complete failure, mixed success, and then a complete success. And then you, as a player, I'm like, how do I react to this with that mixed success? Like, I want to do big magic and cast this, and you only roll five. And I'm like, okay, you're going to cast ma big magic and do this, but this is what's going to go catastrophically wrong. 
So it's pretty fluid, and you're just like gearing up to one monster, and then he's like continuing overarching themes after that. That's it's kind of cool, and I've always wanted to try it. So it's on a D6 system, then? It's on a D6 system. That's it. I I, I did Honey Heist with uh, the Great Rafiki on the Greater Restoration Twitch channel, and that was all. That was pretty good. The the D6 is through me. I didn't have my D20, and I was nervous. I was scared. I was like, it was just, it was a very, uh, very different than what I'm used to. Um, but, but it, it was, uh, yeah, the Honey Heist is a very good game. So you played that one too? Mm-hmm. I played okay. that one once and that was delightful. I want to play it again. Yeah, that, uh, that one, yeah, that one is, uh, that was super, super good. Uh, it, it was another, it was just kind of one of those wacky ones, you know, just have to steal honey. It's just a... Nice little break. So much fun. We, uh, oh, when yeah. we played it, we were, I was a sun bear and we had to get the best royal honey from this like super spy trap. And it was so funny. We ended up stealing a bearskin rug that was this other player's uncle that had died. And it's just like all made up nonsense. And it was the most wonderful shenanigans <laughs> I have ever played. Oh, like yeah. in the short term, like, uh, it was, oh, I love Honey Heist. It, it was, uh, it was awesome. It was uh, one of the uh, man. We had, we actually had a Honey Badger in the party, and then we had Pops, who was, uh, who was on last week. Uh, Derek uh, from uh, uh, SRD and uh, he was playing with us, and he played Pops, this big old panda bear, and he kept grabbing, uh, grabbing the um, Honey Badger. He kept throwing her, just like any time we had to get out of an out of reach spot, he would just throw her. <laughs> And he like got a half success, Love. which is the first time I've ever heard of a half success. That was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but he threw it on top of a wall. So then I grabbed a rock and I tried to throw it at her to knock her over the rest of the way, but it missed. So, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I tried though. I tried to help. Uh, mine was kind of a mean character. <laughs> um, oh well. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was uh, it was interesting. Um, so do you? So you DM? Do you have any like really weird, crazy players just being players as they do? kind of weird experiences yeah oh oh my god i'm sure you yes. got tons i know i got tons i haven't been doing this that yes. long um so if you want to know my i do session summaries after every session which is really helpful for me like to have it typed out and then the players can look through it and they have this pet rock named kevin well kevin's like a homebrew race called a giblin it's like okay. a live sentient rock has little horns it only speaks deep speech it's adorable um, they don't know i can't spoil where he came from Mm. But they found a ziggurat. Now the ziggurat is uh, the like the the temple, you know, the ancient yeah. temple, the ziggurat temple. Well, in, there's a ziggurat inside a, a rock, like a big baseball-sized rock. So it was called the ziggurat, and Kevin got trapped in it. So the the session summary was called Kevin. I choose you. And Lars, the ancient dragon, lives inside the ziggurat. Oh. Inside the ziggurat. <laughs> So literally, last session, they're exploring the ziggurat, which was, like, this super sketchy guy's like, oh, here, this is 12 silver. It's a cool-looking rock, whatever. And they're <laughs> trapped inside this rock with this ancient gold dragon who's older than the freaking universe. And he's just <laughs> chilling there. And he talks in this single-song voice, like, oh, hello. I'm oh. so glad to have visitors. No one's seen my collection for so long. <laughs> and he's just... And his collection is rocks, and he just wants to show you all his fucking cool rocks. So, oh my god, that's amazing. 
<laughs> next session um, is two of them. It's my grumpy old men because they're two players. They've been playing with me the longest, and they both play people who are over 100 years old. They're literally grumpy old men. One looks like Boomy from The Last Airbender. Yes! <laughs> I've, I've played a Boomy character in my last D&D. Yeah. Yes, last time and I got they're, to they're play. trapped inside the rock, and <sighs> the great-granddaughter of one of the characters is currently munching on the rock because she took it from him. Like she took it, they were inside it. They didn't know, they didn't have anyone watching it. I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Oh, so she God. stole it and she's like eating on it. So the next session, they're going to have to figure out how the hell to get out of this rock. Oh my God, that's amazing. Are they both humans and over 100? No. Uh, so one's a human bard. Uh, his name is Helter Skelter and he's the one who looks like Boomy. Nice. And the other one, his name is Daiba. He's literally a walking skeleton. He is the advisor to this player, Kelton player plays a uh, two people it's uh emperor ganishka who's the tiefling emperor who's like 187 he's my other grumpy old man and then nice. he plays this advisor because there's like three or four subplots going so ganishka is doing another okay. thing so he's playing as diver right now and they're trapped inside this rock <laughs> and no one knows where they are they didn't tell anyone so i'm just like ooh, i'm gonna have so much fun with this oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those love hate things it's like, mm -hmm. uh, I've had so many times where I'm like, don't do that, don't do that. Don't. Oh, that's what you're going to do? Okay, great. You know, it's <laughs> like, please, please, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So does your party, uh, without saying any names, uh, do they keep you on your toes with like, as far as like improv? Oh my and, God. Like... Absolutely. I, um, I started off pretty strict of like, I have this plan. This is how we're going to get through this. Like, these are your different options. And I would do like eight options and like over planning to the max. And they never chose any of them. And they go with the ninth. Like, yeah. So I learned very, very quickly that I can't plan for shit worth anything. And that's how I like learned to improv. And one of my favorite killing blows is they transformed a young dragon to a moth, caught it in a jar and dropped it down a hole, down a well. And it was too big. So when it hit the bottom, it took the damage. And then dragon guts fucking geyser because it, <laughs> it expanded in the hole. <laughs> Combat God <laughs> made a dragon geyser, and they're all like dancing in the rain of the dragon. Oh my god! I can't speak highly enough of my party. There is so much laughter, and we have super dark moments and super light moments. It's it's so much fun. I love them to death. Yeah, um, oh, that's great. Yeah, they still have some of the scales of the dragons, like. I'm someone who's a very, if I get a little drunk, I'll message him just like, just so you guys know, I love you so much. And thank you for still playing with me after like two years. We just had our two year anniversary as a party. Years? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. every once in a while, they'll get a drunk message from me, like telling me how much I love and appreciate <laughs> them as players. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God. I love it. That's insane. Uh, yeah. There's shenanigans. <laughs> so much shenanigans. Yeah. No kidding. That oh my god the the blood guys are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think those are the best campaigns where it can get super dark, but it can get super light. You know, it's like not like super dark, like messed up, but like super serious. And you know, I mean, no, I, I think those can run the best. Um, I had one uh, the this last campaign. They uh, came from the underdark with a bunch of gems. They negotiated for some gold instead of just returning them because uh, they knew how to get a deal. Uh, and so. <laughs> They went to go get the gold from the bank, and I just kind of made just we're just improving all this. Like, all right, cool. You go to the bank. They're talking to the guy, and just as an offhand comment for fun, I said, um, 
oh, you don't want to buy any property instead or anything? And they were like, whoa, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, I just remember. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look what property. you did. Yeah, I was like, there's a property over here for sale. And I'm like trying to quickly draw the layout of a house. And then they're like, nah, we won't. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, why did they say that? <laughs> um, yeah, they they did that to me, too. I, um, did they really? I, I, yeah, I wanted them to spend all their gold. But I forgot that the freaking sorcerer has transmutate. So he made the amount of gold coins that they needed to buy this flying yacht. So they, they stole the flying yacht. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, this, I'm going to try and take all their gold. I'm going to offer this, like, super luxurious yacht. And they'll never go for it. Fucker fucking stole it instead. <laughs> transmutated all the coins. And she failed her wisdom, like, her wisdom check to, like, see if this was real. So... They got a flying yacht for free. Later in the campaign, I definitely crashed it. But they kept telling me that they were going to fucking, like, Ursula this bitch, like, Little Mermaid style. Like, a monster. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this can't. No. They, they still have it. They just can't fly anymore. <laughs> so their giant squid, which they cast, the bard cast Awaken on, because they nice. did an underwater thing, and she found a giant squid, and she's like, oh, I cast Awaken on it. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> so i think his name is like squilliam or something and he is like currently pulling it across the continent oh my god that can't fly it's oh it's so much shenanigans oh my god i can't that's what like something like that like you're not prepared for like i just forget it then all of a sudden like okay tell us the exact layout of the uh, boat it's like i don't know i haven't come over there yet like oh, okay and then if you say something they're gonna remember it it's a squizzard He's a squizzard? That's amazing. Yeah, he's smart enough that he can cast spells. He's technically a squizzard. <laughs> it's a squizzard named Squilliam, and I don't have stat sheets for him yet, which is why I made him walk across the continent to catch him. <laughs> so I, just, like, I readjusted this oh, plot so I could give myself time to make this. I'm like, okay, well, this was here. We're just going to move it over there for a little while, and that way I have time to catch up to you guys. Because I swear to God my players are smarter than I am. I swear to God. Oh, I hate when that happens. I I love it, but it's like, oh my god. I, I like it in theory. <laughs> and then you're actually playing and yeah. you're like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> um what was the one um, It's great to watch, it's great to play, it's not great to be in charge. <laughs> oh no, you don't want to be involved in that. Uh that was um <laughs> we had a player uh, we had a an NPC die and uh he was dying from this curse that they were trying to solve. And I guess, and I kind of halfway remember that he was like writing his will when he was being carried by the ogre. It's just a joke. Mm. It was just a joke. Oh, I'm gonna die. I might as well write my will. And then when he died, uh, one of my like star players, he was like, "Where's the will?" He wrote a will. I need to see it. And the guy's like, "Uh, oh yeah, right." <laughs> He's like, "Uh," and that's where we ended the episode. It was like, "It might be up in his room," and we like ended the episode. <laughs> and I was like, right. "Yeah, you gotta get yourself oh, that yeah. little time." I was like frivolous notes, like, ha, 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 I don't, uh, what, "What did he have?" You know, it's like. But it, being a DM's all about lying. It's like, I know what you're talking it about. Is. It's cool. I know what's going on. You know, you just got to make them think, even though you're panicking on the inside. Yeah, there's actually, um, what is it? There's a Japanese monster who will, like, pick up mountains and move them. So if I'm, like, ever, I think, say, like, there's this, oh, this thing was there, and then it's not. I'm like, oh, something moved that. You don't know why it's not there anymore. When it's really, I just forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. It hasn't come up yet, but I do have that backup plan. If I ever describe something and then forget about it. Of like, oh, you don't know what happened. One day it was there, and then the townspeople were like, we don't know. We woke up, and it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get sidetracked, like, oh, that must be the new campaign. Like, no, it's not. <clears throat> it's like, oh, God. No, no. <laughs> it's like, How do I make this work? <laughs> it's like, and that's another good reason why, yeah, you don't want a railroad, because if it does go off course, 
and you don't have anything outside the world planned, it's like, oh my God, you know? Um, mm, absolutely. So uh, based on your experiences, how much of the outside world, I know you said kind of start with like five towns or cities. I, I Now I do love drawing maps because I'm on Incarnate now. So I'm drawing, drawing like mm -hmm. a bunch of maps. I was going to do not like little towns, but like the capital cities and everything. Is that mm -hmm. worth doing, do you think? Or is that something hold back on? Probably not too necessary. Um, so how I started, it was like my five towns and city cities were capitals of like certain areas. Okay, they were your okay. big bustling city. And then my map is still okay. like, I was specific. This is a trade map. So if there's a town along the way, it's not on the map because it's a, just, it's a farm town. It's not a huge major hub. So okay, it's like, nice. you can have these ideas and that helps a lot because those farm towns, like maybe they skip over it. You can just be like, okay, we're going to put it over there. Or like you right. can like rearrange things. So I would definitely start with those big cities and those big plot points and then develop the world outward and it kind of spider webs out from there. Okay, like, that makes a lot of sense. Chips on your windshield connecting. Okay. <laughs> oh, geez, don't remind me, I gotta get that fixed. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that's a that's a very good point because th that was one. I don't want to get too carried away. Like, I mean, man, uh, my schedule's crazy right now. But what I really want to do is... Um, I really want to like do the continent map or I'm sorry, the world map, mm -hmm. then the continent, then the country, and then the individual cities. And I want to do all those maps. And one thing I learned from the, was it, it was web DM on YouTube. They said, don't, uh, don't get my precious world syndrome, which is where mm -hmm. you're going to create all this. And chances are the players are not going to care at all. And mm. like, yeah. not in a bad way, <sighs> just in like a, who has time to go over, all this lore and everything, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So have you ever experienced that where you just, damn it, guy, I put all this work in, you know? Is that something to be expected? Oh, yeah. oh, but you're not, like, mad at them. It's just, no, but it's I'm like... No, I'm not. It's, uh, the thing I learned that actually one of my players told me, because he's all, I DM for a group of DMs, is, like, if oh, wow. you have this beautiful world lore and we just skip it over, literally pick it up and move it somewhere else. Just oh, like readjust yeah. it so you're not like you sense. can recycle those towns or like whatever we missed you can still move it somewhere else and just like cover it put lipstick on it put it in like a different way for them to find see yeah that's um that's not bad that's yeah that that because that, the, the first thing i guess my first initial thought was okay they skipped it all right i guess we're never gonna get to it um and that's one thing kayla braced before that a lot of this is going to be um like stuff that won't get to, but it's something that you should know as a DM, you know, just mm -hmm. like how the creation of the world happened. And cause you said you got to do how the creation of the world happened and then what the players know or what the world knows or what the lore yeah. of that is. Cause obviously they won't know exactly what happened, but what is the legend behind it? You know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, D and D is a lot more complicated than I thought. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely can go in depth or as shallow as you want. Um, I kind of keep a side journal, uh, except, okay, I'm, like, I'm very ADHD. I have, like, five side journals, so I'll write it oh, down. Geez. Like, it's all written down. It's just I can't compile it at this point. Okay. <laughs> so it's, like, yeah. I'll write down, like, shit that's going on at the world in the same time of, like, these two villages are fighting, so if they come in here and they see you're an outsider, they're going to act hostile towards it. Okay, like, it's, right. like, you need the, like, the spark notes of everything else that's going on in the world at the same time in order for that world to feel a little bit more immersive. But it doesn't right. have to be, like, super in-depth unless you obviously want it to, like, they're fighting because this person ran off with this person's daughter and both of their families are super mad. You okay, know, right. Like that. 
Okay, yeah, that's... As I was drawing this map, I was trying to think. I'm going to have, like, three continent or, like, three countries probably, you know, fighting. But, or, like, two fighting, but one's not, or one's peace with both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what are they fighting over? And I'm, like, drawing an island. I'm like, I don't know, maybe they're contesting this area. You know, so I'm trying to... But it doesn't have to get too specific, like, because what's-his-name found it, you know, and, like, probably not get yeah. too in-depth, but... um yeah, it's just making the lore, and then uh, another thing I was told is if you do homebrew, you can bullshit your way through it a way a lot easier. Uh, absolutely, that was actually why I went homebrew is because I knew these guys were all experienced dungeon masters. They set me. I'm like, there's no adventure I can throw at them where they won't see everything coming. So I'm literally going to make it my own, so no one sees anything coming in. I never use a vanilla stat block, like. Every monster I throw at him, I have tweaked it in some way or another. Really? That, that was one thing yeah. I was wondering if a lot of other... I, I've done things where I'll, like, I want them to fight a certain enemy, and I'll change stat blocks. Like, you know, um, mm -hmm. I did have them face a, a Baylor. Uh, it was a full level 20 Baylor, and I was like, it was, it was meant to chase them away, and thankfully they did. They were like, we gotta fight this thing. I was like, don't fight it. And they thankfully didn't. Um, I also had... Uh, they also, uh, I do um, XP through and experience points through uh, merit or through milestones. I'm mm. sorry, through milestones. That's a lot through, of it too. I, I, yeah, I don't see. I, I ran one episode the first time I ever really played D and D online with a random group I met through Roll Twenty, and I really didn't like the way he. Uh, it was like through XP. We're at level one. He's calculating. I had like, you know, 15 points by the end of it or whatever, and I'm just like, eh, mm. it just sounded weird. Um, but they actually killed a lich through this giant machine I made that collapsed. Uh, they were able to nice. make collapse on a lich, a level, what, what is a lich, like 21 or 19, something like that. It's like way up there. So if it was by XP, they would have leveled up like seven times. Uh, so yeah. I was like, nah, it's just merit. You guys did it. Yay. So I was like, now we get to kind of move on. Um, how about economy? Do you use your own economy or do you use the ones in the books? I use gold and silver, and then it's kind of what I find online. I'm like, I like okay. this shop block. Um, Kasun will be your best friend. Like, it can generate random NPCs with names and backstories and plot hooks and, like, town sizes. And, like, what? this percentage is elf. This percentage is, like, yeah, I'll send you a link to Kasun. It is oh a godsend. If they're ever stopping in a town that you haven't, like, fully fleshed out, you can just throw in one of these Kasun towns, and they're wonderful. They're so good. Dear God, God bless nerds. Uh, what 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 was that? Is, is that that's a website? What'd you say? C a s s o o n dot com, and it it everything. It's got so much, like NPCs. Everything is it is your oh, best friend you. as a dungeon master. Okay, yeah, that uh, that's going to be a hot little tip I need to uh, look into because that'd be because I recently started looking into other people's homebrew items um, mm -hmm. and I found a really cool ring of forced peace. Uh, like as soon as you put it on, you take damage um, and then like every time you take an attack, you also take like a certain amount of like fire damage or psychic damage, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was kind of an interesting little one where it's not like it won't hurt. But you can't take the ring off, by the way. It's like it's on there to use like to see a cleric. Um, but I thought that was kind of a cool one. Have you ever really, uh, homebrewed your own stuff or any like items? <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of my, so there's Kutoa in the world and they're these wonderful little fish monsters. And if they believe in something hard enough, it comes into reality. Except I twisted that and like 
they're looking for anything to worship right now. So like they'll just be groups of them be like, hmm, and they'll pop things into existence. And their uh, ambassador leader, he's on a quest to find an immortal to worship. He's looking for a god. Someone to okay. kind of direct them and their creative urges. Except he's obsessed with bananas. So he keeps making banana-themed weapons that are kind of scattered across the world. And That's my favorite so one awesome. is your banana boomerang, and it hurts. Oh it's a plus God. two to anyone that's older than you. What? So, <laughs> yes, as an This okay is something boomer. you made. Oh, my yes, God. Yeah, this is something I made, and then one of my players made an appealing hat, which is literally a banana peel that gives you a plus one to charisma and that you wear on your head. <laughs> and then there is the twin banana swords. They, they're wooden swords that look like bananas, but on a critical hit, it pops out a banana. And you can eat the banana for plus one HP and then drop it on the floor and it's now difficult terrain. (laughs) (laughs) And then my my more serious ones is the staff of Hellwind. And it's literally a Wabajack where every session I put together 12 like wild magic charts and I'll lay them all out. So I will have them roll a D12 and then I'll have them roll a D10. So it's like completely random. I don't even know what this thing is going to pop oh out. And the bonk rock. The fucking yeah, bonk rock. Bonk which rock. Not... It sounds amazing. They were fighting freaking um, Shakshu... Shakshara. The, the tiger people. Oh, Rakshasa. Not... Raksh, thank you. The Rakshasa, yeah. Rakshasa. And they were so frustrated. I'm like, okay. He's like, I want to enchant a rock. So I can just hit him with a rock. And I was... And the previous a bard had been charmed she's like i just want to bonk her on the head with a branch and they were like i'm gonna bonk him on the head with the rock so this rock oh did like God. fire damage and they killed so many rock shots the bonk rock and that's what the party name is now is the bonk <laughs> the bonk squad and i'm just like oh my god i love it same episode i, I killed fucking eight orphans so you get these like high, <laughs> like you literally you get these high shenanigans, and then also there's this like lost boys high stress situation, and you're fucking killing the Rashaka by shoving holy water down their throat using shape water and um, bashing oh him into death with a fucking bonk rock. A bo- it was, it, and it's a normal rock. I pictured a little jagged, funny, old blood. That's amazing. It's a normal fucking rock, and it's just like. That's the wonderful part of D&D is you can have these high stress and like you will be laughing and crying in the same session and it's just mm-hmm. wild. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, you got to have that like... That wasn't my creation. That was my car- my players. Like that is their chaos energy. Oh, that's amazing. You got to have them like fight a bunch of rock sasha in like a rock quarry and just see if they can mm-hmm. knock the bonk rock out of their head and you got to see if they can identify <laughs> if it's just a normal rock. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> that's a great idea. I might have to use that one. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, so the bonk rock. rock, which is probably the highlight of the campaign, is this <laughs> rock because they were so frustrated with me because they have like one sixth, they have like one seventh level spell slot, so they only have one shot at killing these guys, and okay. they're like, okay, well, I want to just hit them with it, like it's a rock with spells attached. I'm like, okay, whatever. How much harm can you really do? Never ask how much harm can you really do. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> oh my it. god! Oh, that's amazing! Oh my god, I love it. Bonk rock. God, can we get like a yeah. card? Can we get an artist rendition of it and everything. I, I'll have the person art. that created it draw it, and I will send it your way. <laughs> I need to it's, see this. Uh... It's yeah. <laughs> 
plus, yes. plus what the fuck? Yes, this is my player that you see in chat right now, <laughs> who is the instigator of many shenanigans. Fun that's... fact, they have a, a Discord group to plot outside of me, so I don't know what they're Oh, like... that's bull. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. I, oh, my God. I love them so much. I love my players so much. They never oh, they yeah. keep me on my toes. They keep me young. Or maybe they make me yeah. old. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's good. When you got a good a good fit for a group and everything, yeah, it can be, like you said, you can laugh, you can cry, you know, or yeah, both in the same session. That's how you know it's like a good D&D campaign, you know? That's awesome. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And that plus one to bonk shouldn't make me laugh as much as it does, but that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Two fourteen bonk damage. Um, <laughs> um, that's wicked. No, I appreciate the, the tips for the DMing. Uh, I'm uh, very, very excited for the next campaign we got. Um it should be should be good. Uh, building my own world is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I want to. Out of curiosity, your campaign. Uh, you, do, do you guys stream it anywhere? Out of curiosity. I've been told we should, but the thing is, like, I'm going to be honest, and my players can attest to this. Especially, the, I have two players who have been with me the entire time. It was ugly in the beginning, and it's like just now where oh, it's really? like this very smooth, cohesive most of the time cohesive um, group and it's kind of worthy. I wouldn't say worthy of watching, but it'd be interesting if someone wants to listen in like every once in a while, a while I'll let people like join my server and listen in. Okay. But I've, I've considered streaming it, but it's just like, I, there's so many other people streaming. I don't feel like mine's quality enough to do so, but it's fun. It's so much fun. I think oh, maybe like, yeah. with another year or two experience, it'd be something I'd be willing to try, but it's just like, I'm still in my mind that baby DM as good as uh, I've gotten. There's just so much further to go. Oh, I, no, I, I know what you mean. Like I said, the only DMing I ever did was for my little brothers. And then we start DMing on the, I start, because it's, it's one thing to stream as a player, you know, because you just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, that is a question that just changed the subject completely. Do you prefer being a player or a DM? I'm gonna be honest, I prefer being the DM. I love being a player. I love like sitting back and like enjoying it and just being immersed in it. But at the same time, I love being that DM because I get to try all these crazy voices. I can have so many things like going on. It's just maybe it's because that's what I knew first. That's what I just love right. the most. But I've, yeah. there's been very few campaigns where I've like been in like, I haven't been in a campaign long enough to be like completely invested in it like I am with. Right being a dungeon master because you have so much freedom and so much not necessarily control but like you get to know the big pictures and with i love to know the big picture and love like learn everything oh yeah being the dungeon master is just very appealing and i also love playing dumbass characters so that's probably my own fault but i can't <laughs> <see the big> picture. <laughs> he's a bad guy what him yeah no <laughs> he yeah, said he was on uh, our side uh <laughs> That's a, no. Pretty much. <laughs> that's interesting you bring it up. I don't know if that's because I started with DMing, but I really prefer being a DM. I I, I do like playing it. It can be really enjoyable, but um, I like getting to try out all my stupid voices. And mm -hmm. I grew up watching Lost when that was on TV. Uh, and I love cliffhangers. I don't like it when they happen to me, but I like screw yes. you guys with them. I like yes. like what? How do you end it there? I'm like ha ha ha. Like, that's the kind of stuff I love to do. So Absolutely. It, if that would happen to me week to week again, I'd have flashbacks to Lost, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, you got to tell me. I need to know now. 
uh, <laughs> I don't do that I need anymore. to know. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? So now it's cool. I like it to know everything. And I, I like the theatrics of it of, like, surprising your players with, you know, like, cool story points. And when something, like, epic happens, you know? I know the first time uh, with the Rollers when I had someone die, uh, it was, like, second episode. Uh, and I remember... A couple looked like they were going to cry. I was like, whoa, like, I didn't think it was that bad. But I was like, I love getting into it, making something like, you know, I like telling a good story, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think the most rewarding part of being the dungeon master is you can see these shit getting to your players. Like, if they're like, Kylie, you really pissed me off. I'm like, did I piss you off or did my story? And it's like, the story, I'm like, I made you feel a visceral reaction. And that is amazing that my words were able to affect you like that. Like, it is the most satisfying feeling you could ask for. Is like someone is so invested, they felt it in real life. My words on paper, mm. my weird thoughts made you feel something. Exactly. That that is exactly that's exactly it. I I love being able to do that with a story and yeah, it just makes it so cool. Um yeah, man, I just I love D and D. Like like I said, I have D and D is great. Yeah, like new life breathed into me. I'm like, let's do this, you know. And being able to make maps for it is really fun too. Another nice Absolutely. thing about homebrewing my own world. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a wonderful, rewarding challenge. <laughs> it is, and that's one thing I was warned against is that if you do a homebrewed world, you won't have to worry about too many people. Uh, coming in and being like, whoa, like, why are you doing it like this? Like, oh, well, according to the rules, like, if they know it's set in favor and it's kind of like, ah, well, technically this is over here and that's over there. And it's like, so mm -hmm. it's kind of a cop-out, but I was like, can I do a half homebrewed world? But that's yeah. kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to pretend like I do, <laughs> you know? And that's yes. like, not fair. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, that's a little I mean, cheap. they get to be like living in your world and like enjoying it. So, I mean, really you can't complain as a player because you get to experience someone else's hard work right exactly yeah no it's um yeah it's very rewarding and yeah i always grew up shunning it just like oh that's the lowest of the low form is of entertainment is D D. like just the nerdiest kind of ugh. but i don't know what convinced mm -hmm. me but finally i'm like this is amazing <laughs> if i had been playing this when I was a kid my life would have been totally different um oh yeah. my gosh it's so freaking true yeah right oh my if god my friend had introduced me a critical role i wouldn't have been interested in dungeons not D, &D and then i wouldn't have been into dice and i would have met this amazing community <laughs> right exactly um and that was the first do you know the youtube channel outside xbox you ever I don't. uh they do a lot of uh like top 10 game review kind of um like top 10 bosses in games or bosses you forgot about that kind of thing uh but it's like five select uh same people every time and they're just awesome and they ended up trying D, &D if maybe i think for the first time and that was the first time i've ever seen it and i knew them and i got to see how they interacted and then that led to critical role then i was like all right now i gotta play <laughs> i was like now we yeah. gotta do this i was like because this sounds amazing um, um yes there's a question, how have the dogs not in ruined this interview? They're actually asleep that. at my feet for once. Are they really? Oh, no remarkable. kidding. <laughs> and my cat is, like, at the door, so I kind of glanced over, and he was just, like, popping in. So, this is really good. Nice. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> nice. They're, they're not fighting for once. They're actually just, like, asleep and chill. <laughs> <laughs> how often does that happen? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Never. Oh, yeah. Never. God, yeah, that's amazing. Um. No, uh, and I won't keep you, but I do want to ask, is there anyone, I've had a few timers going in and out for different uh, dice creators uh, that you said that you love. They've been popping in and out here. Do you have anyone that you want to give a shout out to that like some awesome yes. cool dice creators? Okay, so there's one person I want to talk about more than anyone else, and that is Dalavan Dice. Um, one, they're a wonderful DM. They actually wrote a one-shot for me that I was able to run for my players at Christmas time. They're an amazing writer, and they are the grand dice, or like the granddaddy of dice. Like any of these 
wonderful creators like you'll see moonbeam menagerie and i think drudic has one of his sets maybe i'm not 100 percent sure oh, wow. but he creates custom masters and he will sand them down and help you mold and he created the dice makers guild which is literally if you have made even one dice in your life you can join this discord and get the support of the dice community and just like engulf in it and it's oh, wow. really wonderful that he's put so much labor of love into making this community better like there's so many people like he gave me my first set of molds he made my custom oh, did he really? for me yeah oh, no like kidding. i cannot say good enough things about dalavan dice if you want to make dice if you love dice you need to be following dalavan dice because i like i just think of him as the granddad of this community he's not he's still he's like a relatively new dice maker started around the same time i did but he's been so influential to me and so many other dice makers so that's just someone really important that I wanted to talk about just briefly. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, I don't follow him. I'm going to get – I can't do it from my computer because, you know, ugh. But uh, I'm going to get on my phone. I'm going to follow him, and uh, that's awesome. Uh, I would love to see – yeah, I, I would really love to get, like, a custom D20. I think that would be really cool. Um, something to – Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's so cool. And, like, how he does it, he's make molds. So he will, like, he will search and find you the perfect font that you love – create a logo for you and then like balance it all out so it's as perfect as handmade dice can be and then send right. them to you pre-sanded so you can make mold out of them and make your own dice to sell or to just make and like he's awesome he's really awesome and then another person in the community like that is Warpy Dice who sells dice molds and like yeah. does the work to make sure you can like turn around and sell those molds or just to practice like she sells out Zona papers she also sells dice from time to time so they're just these really wonderful people if you're a beginning dice maker or if you just love beautiful dice they are really cool people and you should follow them like i would not be where i am if i did not know those two people specifically oh that's fantastic yeah no i'm definitely gonna get on and give both of them a follow you guys please do also um kai you want to give one more last shout out uh for your instagram Yes, I am Kai at We Rate Dice. I talk a lot about dice and I babble and I also share like people who make dice bags and dice boxes and like everything Dungeons and Dragons. I just I love this community so much and I do my best mm. to share everyone. Oh, <laughs> so it's... from people who are huge to people who are little. I I love them all so much. <laughs> I can so honestly, yeah, <laughs> I can honestly say following your page, it's it's always a pleasure getting to see. It's just also so many kinds of dice. Like like I said at the beginning, you get into D&D, &D, you get a set of dice, it is what it is. But then when you actually look at what people make out of dice, it just gives you like a whole new appreciation. Um, just oh, with the sorry. artwork and the, yeah, the passion that goes into it. it. It's amazing. So getting to see all the different kinds, because you, I mean, like no two posts are the same. You know, like each one is like so unique. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Uh yeah. So yeah, definitely everybody follow um, uh, We Rate Dice on Instagram. Uh, will not be disappointed. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, as previously stated, we're going to be starting a new D&D &D campaign since we're on the topic uh, in about a month or so on the Scattered Rollers channel. Um, and I'm going to be the DM, Homebrew World, with the help of Kai and Kayla. Uh, we're going to make this world something awesome. Uh, so yeah. Kai, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show tonight. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I love nerding out with you. It's, it's yeah, I know, great. right? No, oh, so much fun. So much fun. Hi, my name is David Caldwell. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Dave Doesn't Know. Be sure to check out the show live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash caldwellington. We'll see you there.